0: 7 Million Bikes podcast couldn't happen without the support of our community. I want to give a massive thank you to our existing Patreon members, Zion Johnson, Brandon Thompson, Dan Jones, Andrew Barry, Annie Ver, Carrie Hughes-Parry, Pippa Clear, Tracy Wright, Alistair Chapman, Brandon Thompson, and our newest member, Tien Kung. To say thank you to all of our members, we're having a special pool party here at my new apartment. And thanks to my friends at Mixtape Brewery, we'll be enjoying their new green tea-based hard seltzer, perfect for an afternoon of drinking by the pool. As you probably know, I'm a massive craft beer fan. Mixtape Drinks is a relative newcomer on the growing craft beer scene here in Vietnam, starting in 2020 by my friend Chad Mitchell and Taipei-based Sean Kidd. You'll often see me and Adri out in Saigon drinking their delicious Peaches and Cream IPA, or a refreshing California sun juicy paleo. And if you're in the mood for something a bit heavier and darker, their molly milk stout is delicious. I was pretty disappointed when I found out, though, that it didn't actually include molly. Through craft beer, Mixtape Drinks is becoming part of the Vietnam community through local music, art, food, and now podcasts. If you'd like to be part of the 7 Million Bikes community and support our podcast, then Mixtape is giving away four free cans to the next three new community members. That's worth 280,000 dong or 11 US dollars. To get your free cans, you have to be in Ho Chi Minh City and join the We Make Plan or above. You can still support us wherever you are in the world. And when you do, next time you're in Saigon, the drinks are on me. As a community member, you'll also get episodes before anyone else invites to special events like our pool party and bonus content that no one else will ever see or hear. And I'll also give you a special shout out on future episodes. So join at patreon.com forward slash 7 million bikes, or you can find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much to everyone for listening and helping us pass 40,000 downloads recently and everyone who supports us, including Mixtape Brewery. Cheers! Ever heard a joke and wondered, did that really happen? My name's Neil McKay, host of a Vietnam podcast and a comedian. Long before I ever started comedy, when I heard comedians tell the craziest, funniest stories, I would always wonder just this. And if I got the chance to meet them after the show, I would always ask them straight away, did that really happen? Nine times out of ten, the answer was yes. But the difference between sharing a funny story with friends and telling it on stage is a comedian's ability to take those moments and craft them into a well-worked joke. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk to comedians from around the world, play you one of their favorite jokes, then ask them, did that really happen? In this episode, I'm talking to a grassroots comedian from Alabama that not only hosts one of the best open mics in Boston, he also produces U.S. tours for upcoming comedians. My guest today is Vaden Jones. Let's hear his joke.
1: People, people assume that I'm racist because I'm from the South, and I don't think that's fair either. Um, but I will say this. I do remember the day I found out I was racist. <laughs> <laughs> I was in high school. Uh, I come from a... It, it was on accident. Like, I did, it, Not like we did this on purpose, but... Um, See, I come from a nice uh, small town in North Alabama. It's accidentally racist right there. Nice small town just means, like, no black people live here. It's not like we didn't want black people around. Like, we just didn't have any that lived there. And uh, <laughs> I remember my, my senior year of high school, we had one black student in the entire school. And uh, you know how people would be like, I'm not racist, I have a black friend? Like, my friend Reggie was that dude for, like, 250 people in North Alabama. <laughs> This is actually a little bit of a sad story. I don't want to bring you down. Uh, senior of high school, it turned out uh, my friend Reggie had cancer. And he survived. Like, it's not that sad of a story. But, uh, so, like, while he was going through chemotherapy and everything, we wanted to show that we loved and supported him. So we all shaved our heads. <laughs> Which sounded like a really good idea at the time. His parents and the local news not happy when he came back to school greeted by, like, 200 skinheads. <laughs> and, like, what was our excuse? We're not racist, we have a black... Have you met Reggie? Like... <laughs> right, I'm been. this my time, you
0: So, Vaden Jones, did that really happen?
1: Uh, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the story of uh, the... the black kid uh, having cancer is true the only part of it that's not is he wasn't the only black kid at the school <laughs> um was in that whole situation did happen he was um, a star athlete who came down he got cancer and uh he did survive that that part is also true uh I do still keep in touch with him uh, on occasion he gets a kick out of the fact that this is one of my best jokes and uh so it, he did have to go through the whole chemotherapy and everything and we did shave our heads. <laughs> and uh, nobody nobody thought about it for even a second. And then the local news did show up to do the story and it's one of the most hilarious images you'll ever see.
0: <laughs> forget when you, I again, just listening to the joke and I'm like, oh, I, I bet this really happened. It just sounds like it definitely did. And it sounds horrible. What did you say, like 20 people or however many people, all skinheads basically, shaved their-
1: Yeah, Yeah. Um, we had a class of about 200, and I would say about half of them shaved their heads and showed up to welcome them back to school.
0: <laughs> and this is in Alabama, right?
1: <laughs> yes, of course, in, Al- in Alabama. And just the the sheer look of horror... On his parents' face, <laughs>
0: <laughs> they hadn't been warned at all.
1: No, not even. It was like we were gonna surprise them. Like, hey, welcome back. We love you. And it looks like a hate crime.
0: <laughs> was it? Was it all white kids that had done it? Was it? Were there any people of color that had joined in at
1: all? Uh, it was majority white people. I would. There were probably two. Uh, <laughs> black students and uh yeah (laughs) it was it was quite a scene
0: (laughs) if you can send me the link if you've got the news article with this picture please send it to me i will put it in the show notes so that i want to see this as well i would love to see the look on the parents face as well
1: (laughs) i know it exists somewhere in youtube land so i'll I'll do my best to find it when we hang up (laughs)
0: But so it's just, I love that your friend loves that joke as well, because I love sending jokes to my friends that involve them as well. And I'm like, hey, and we talked about this just on a previous episode. (laughs) If you're friends with a comedian, like you've got to be careful what you say. I mean, even this happened probably long before you were a comedian, like anything can be used on stage.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You never know, even being friends with other comedians, you don't know when you're going to end up being (laughs) part of somebody else's joke. And uh, of course, I just like jokes that um, where I'm obviously the the butt of it, where I I did the thing that's bad, because uh, I feel like it, you find a, a way to relate to an audience that way when they're on board with you, and they're along for the ride the entire time. That's that's just the pinnacle of what I try to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Is uh, I I often find that, which will... and talking about you know talking about the people you're around so i'm married and so my wife comes into my material a lot but i try not to make it you know kind of like uh what's that american comedian the older guy rodney dangerfield is that the one who would kind of be like oh you know my wife and like you know make fun of your wife i I can't stand that kind of old-time comedy when it's like why are you married if you're just gonna like make fun of being married or make fun of your wife like it's it sounds like but i think that's like an old-timey thing so I try my best again, like you say, like make myself the butt of the joke or or just make the joke funny. Not like I try and make it like not disparaging about her. But sometimes it's difficult.
1: (laughs) No, I understand. I don't have a lot of recently engaged. I don't have a whole lot of material about my fiance, but she does comedy as well. And I'd say at least a third of her act is me being an asshole, <laughs> so, and, which I'm okay with because I, I know it, it's, it's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so my my wife isn't a comedian and she'll never perform on stage. I doubt it very much, but she basically helps me write most of my jokes because I'll bounce them off her. And she's really good at like the structure and she'll come up with like the punchline and she'll, you know, what if you should say it like this or use this word or would. We'll tr- we'll- often try and make sure it follows like a logical sense so she's great like that but she does get a bit pissed off sometimes when i'm she's like you're doing too many jokes about me i'm like well the latest one was i had to pass a a hearing test for my health check and i passed with flying colors and again it's based on reality she's like there's no way that's right there's no way that hearing test is correct (laughs) and i'm like i'm like it's it's not a it's not a listening test. It's a hearing test.
1: <laughs> it's it's not a um, a selective hearing test.
0: <laughs> well, the punchline I go then. I think that's what she said anyway. I wasn't really listening.
1: <laughs> we uh we actually like to get together once a week, almost like a little date night. Uh, we'd go to a, a local bar or pub. And we we write together, but we do this little writing exercise where we give each other five random words, and just write a quick like one line joke. And I think maybe out of that exercise, we've both gotten like three jokes that we still use out of like fifty different words that we've gone over. But it's, but it's a fun exercise mm. to you know keep your mind sharp and play around with different uh, perspectives.
0: Now, that's awesome. And that was my, my kind of final question was going to be like, so how do you come up with your jokes? Because it's interesting to learn that everyone's different, because I remember kind of starting out and you hear comedians be like, oh, I'm having a writing day. Or, you know, I remember listening to Daniel Sloss and when he started, he's like, you know, I'm writing jokes all day. And I'm like, "Fuck, I don't do that. Like, I never sit down like I've maybe once in all the time I've been doing comedy, sat down and be like, OK, I'm going to write some jokes. For me, it's just mostly like things happen or I think of something during my day and I'm like, oh, this could be a joke. Then I'll try and work it out then try it on stage and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, am I just doing this all wrong? And then I heard this um, Irish comedian and I can't remember her name. I was on a podcast. And then she explained her style is exactly the same as mine. She's like, I heard people talk about writing and I was stressed out. So I tried to write comedy and then it was terrible. And then I realized like I can just do it my own way which is just thinking of jokes, and that just made me feel so much better. I was like, oh my God, yes, this is like the same style that I do, but everyone's different for sure. So just kind of to wrap it up, I guess, what other styles have you got of writing jokes apart from that one, which is, uh, that sounds like, oh, that's a really good way. Uh,
1: Well, it's funny because I'm I'm not really good at like one line kind of jokes. I definitely do more storytelling, but I, I know I annoy probably everybody i know because I, I do keep a small notebook in my back pocket and at any given moment if i think of something i have to write it down because i'm an idiot and i will forget it 10 minutes later i can never just say oh yeah i, I i'm a professional i'll remember that <laughs> it's so not true <laughs> well, So, anytime something comes up i'm like one second I'm, it's, okay uh, thank you <laughs>
0: Well, I write it down, I'm a, I'm a digital man, I write it down on my notes on my phone because I would end up losing like a notebook or something like that. So I keep it in my, uh, in my phone and I'll often do, I don't know, how about you, but before I'm falling asleep, because I don't get to sleep that easily, before I fall asleep, I'll maybe have an idea and I'll try and write it down. But sometimes I forget. And a couple of nights ago, I lay in bed and I came up with a whole bit and a routine and I was like, oh, you know, this will be good I'll do this, that, that. And then the next morning, I'm like, I have no idea what I was thinking about last night. I cannot remember that
1: yeah it's it's gone so fast but uh no having notebooks is the the last step of my process because i've probably got 30 notebooks just floating around different places in the house and i'll stumble across them and look in it it's oh yeah I, for, I forgot to write that joke out let me uh spend Uh, I'll say 30 minutes uh, writing it out, but usually I'm up from like midnight to 4 a.m. just trying to bang it out, banging my head against the wall mostly.
0: (laughs) Nice. So how often are you performing at the moment?
1: Uh, Well, I I just did uh, two shows back-to-back last week. I did a show on the first. I'm performing uh, professional shows, I'd say probably three times a month right now, and then having... Of course, my own show, Hosting Duties. So I'm pretty much out there all the time. That's awesome. As much as I can. You still got to have a day job sometimes.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully I will be able to come catch up with you when I get back to Boston and America. One day, having left Vietnam in two years now because of uh, the borders have been closed. But when I come back, I will definitely be hitting you up. So tell people before we finish, where can they follow you? Where can they find you? And we will put the links in the notes so people can click them.
1: Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Vaden Jones. I'm the only one. Um, <laughs>
0: Are you really? Wow! I
1: really am the only <laughs> Vaden Jones. Absolutely. And you can find me on Instagram at um, trash underscore vader, and uh, that's pretty, pretty much the only two places I've had really.
0: Sweet. Yeah, good, uh, there's a um, quite a well-known maths professor with the exact same name as me. So anytime I I Google myself, just to make sure there's nothing bad out there about me, Uh, this math professor always comes up. So I'm quite happy about that. He kind of, he shields me a little bit.
1: Um, I try to avoid Googling myself, given uh, I know what my past is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll save that for another podcast. Awesome, Vaden. Thank you so much. Awesome to meet you. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Did That Really Happen? a new podcast from 7 Million Bytes. I've been your host, Neil Mackay. If you enjoyed that and want to hear from comedians around the world about their jokes and if they are true, then make sure to follow and subscribe from wherever you are listening from right now and follow 7 Million Bytes on social media. The links are in the show notes. Cheers.